flip chart series in his first class. First Pentecostal Church and Los Pentecostales are going to be investing in this. We're going to be using it here and encouraging other people to use it. It is a wonderful Bible study. He is the author of podcasts and, and materials that have helped and blessed people. And he is a good friend. We go back many years and he's used in conferences around the country and around the world, preaching in English, preaching in Spanish. And tonight he's here with us. He's left his wife and his family back in, in California to be with us. And, and, and God bless you, Sister Prado, if you're watching. Thank you for sharing your husband with us tonight. We love your family. We support the church there. God bless you, Brother Prado. Come preach to us tonight. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, come on. Let's just worship him. There's an awesome presence of the Lord here tonight. Let's entertain it. Let's bask in it. Let's swim in it. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, the first book of Samuel, the 14th chapter, give honor to this wonderful church and uh, give honor to your pastor and uh, my wife I think is watching so love and appreciate my family and uh, hopefully one day we can borrow brother Urshan to come preach for us y'all pressure him to preach for brother <laughs> amen hallelujah first Samuel chapter 14 29 uh, I am mindful of your time we have midweek service where I live we have a really good time in midweek service where I live, and uh, I hope that I can uh, flow in the anointing and be a blessing to you. Uh, I am one of those guys that believes that, you know, 30 minutes is long enough for a good preacher and too long for a bad one. And so, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I've heard a lot of 30-minute sermons preached in an hour, and uh, I'm going to try to dodge all those traps and um, and get you home but I believe that if we engage the Spirit of God quickly we can we can be blessed we can be enriched transformed and uh, I am certain that I have a word from the Lord and um, I want to deliver it to the best of my ability the way the Lord gave it to me first Samuel 14 29 say amen when you got it I'm only going to read a few parts of this verse and then stop. It simply says, Then said Jonathan, My father has troubled the land. My father has troubled the land. Let's read that together. My father has troubled the land. And I'm going to preach to you tonight on this subject, The Mercies of Saul. The Mercies of Saul. Jesus, we give you glory and honor. Your word is powerful and it is anointed. I pray that in these next few moments, you would enable me to say a lot in just a little bit of time. Lord, I pray that you would touch me for the sole purpose of being a blessing to your people. Lord, use me to edify, to educate, to strengthen, to encourage. Lord, I pray that somebody tonight would receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I pray that somebody tonight would be delivered in their mind and in their heart. And I pray that tonight, amen, there would be 
strength that flows throughout this service. In Jesus' name, and everyone shout, Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Saul, as many of you know, was the first in a long line of Israel's kings. Saul was a young man when God anointed him. What's often overlooked is that his anointing was not just the first of its kind, it was unique in its kind. His anointing not only included the ceremonial practice of pouring oil over the head of the new king, it also included a spiritual demonstration similar to that of the day of Pentecost, a point that's not even missed on Jewish scholars. Everett Fox, interpreting the Hebrew text, translates 1 Samuel 10, verses 6 through 10, as reading, And the Spirit of Yahweh will surge upon you as a rushing wind, and you will rant as the prophets. Saul's anointing was so impactful that immediately it expressed itself with prophetic utterances. This demonstration of the anointing was so surprising that a peculiar and proverbial question began to arise throughout Israel. Is Saul among the prophets? Well, the answer to the proverb is no. Saul is not among the prophets. But there was a prophet among Saul's cabinet and council, a mighty man of God, who the Bible says had words that would not fall nor fail. His name was Samuel. It was Samuel's job to inform Saul what the word of the Lord was. The problem with Saul is that he could not wait on the word of the Lord. And not long into his kingship, Saul began deliberately disobeying instructions given to him by the prophet Samuel on behalf of God. As a result of this disobedience, the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16 and 14, the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Without warning, Saul's inner life took a dramatic change for the worse. His personality was as dominating as ever. His reputation was as renowned as ever. His throne was as undisturbed as ever. But unbeknownst to anyone, he was darker and more twisted and more demonic than ever. There are two changes in particular that the Bible draws our attention to. The first is that Saul began to display irrationality in his emotions and actions. He could go from rest and repose to frantic paranoia. Everything he did was polarized and unpredictable. The second thing was that he developed a crooked and perverse sense of mercy. 
Saul began being merciful and warm-hearted with everyone except those closest to him. The further a person was from Saul, the safer they would be and the more mercy they would receive. But if you were a relative of Saul or a countryman of Saul, you were in for the ride of your life. It is for this precise reason that in our opening text, his own son Jonathan says, my father has troubled the land. In 1 Samuel 15, Saul is commanded by God to go to war and terminate a wicked king named Agag. But what does Saul do? He spares Agag's life and spites God. Just a few chapters later, Saul will begin a lifelong and bloodthirsty pursuit of David. Who is David? David is the young man that spent countless hours in the middle of the night playing his harp by Saul's bedside to make the devils go away. But that's dangerous business because the closer you are to Saul, the more trouble you're going to have. And David was already too close. And those closest always had to pay the worst price. In fact, we sometimes make it a heroic moment, but the truth of the matter is that when David was gearing up to fight Goliath, Saul was more than happy to let the boy go and possibly die at the hands of this ravaging giant. And not only that, Saul tried to put his armor on David. So just in case he did win, Saul would get the victory. Little did Saul or David know that God would bring the two closer. And bringing them closer, Saul's cruel mercies became even more self-evident. David married Saul's daughter, and in doing so, graduated from being sent to die to almost being killed by Saul himself personally. It did not stop there, however. In 1 Samuel Saul commands for 85 priests who served in the temple to be killed in cold blood. And no one would dare do it except a man by the name of Doeg, who was an Edomite, not an Israelite, and a descendant of Esau. And this only strengthened Saul's twisted logic that you can't trust the people closest to you. you got to have mercy on those furthest from you. In 1 Samuel 28, after having killed 85 of God's holiest men, Saul consults a witch who makes him vow that he will not kill her, that he will have mercy on her. And what does Saul do? He spares her life. In 1 Samuel 14, Saul tries to kill Jonathan, his own flesh and blood. In 1 Samuel chapter 20, Saul slanders his wife, and calls her a rebellious and perverse woman. In 1 Samuel 25, Saul forces his daughter, Michael, into an adulterous relationship. The biblical attitude on Saul is clear. The closer you were to the man, the more cruelty, slander, damage, and abuse you were going to receive. Being in his inner circle meant being first in line to become his next victim and part of his demented inner workings. I want to preach to you tonight that we need to guard ourselves against the mercies of Saul. Saul has now been dead for thousands of years, but the spirit that took this man hostage 
and used him to trouble the people of God are alive and well. And tonight, we need to begin a fight with everything that's in us to be on the watch for when we become more merciful, kind, and patient, and considerate with those furthest from us than those closest to us. Amen. I want to preach to you tonight on avoiding the mercies of Saul. Too often we worry about the devil trying to get us to fall into vice, and we don't worry enough about the devil falling into our virtues. The devil did, could not get the Pharisees to stop tithing, but he did get them to practice religion without justice, mercy, and faith. The devil could not get the Pharisees to stop traveling land and sea to make converts, but he did get them to make their converts twofold the children of hell. The devil could not get the Pharisees to stop going to the temple to pray. But what he could get them to do is to praise God that they weren't as sinful as the guy sitting next to them. We have to protect, amen, our virtues. We have to make sure that our mercy never becomes twisted and demented and cruel. And Oh, come on. We're going to preach for a few minutes here tonight. But I need us to get a hold of this. Because the church of God has to be a house of mercy. It has to be a house of prayer. It has to be a house where the doctrine is preached. It has to be a holy house, but it has to be a house of mercy. It has to be a house of hope, but it has to be a house of mercy. When people walk through the back doors of First Pentecostal Church of Durham, they need to know, I have walked into the place where my sins can be forgiven. I have walked into the place where God, amen, will have mercy on me. And I have walked into the place where his people will have mercy on me. And it is so vital and it is so important uh, that the members of First Pentecostal Church of Durham understand that we too will receive mercy from God, from our pastor, from our brethren, from our parents. To... We have to vote. Oh, let's praise him, let's praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Prado, are you preaching that our church is not merciful? Absolutely not. I came with the word from God for you to protect the mercy you already display. Amen. Guard it with everything that's in you. Don't let the devil get on it. Don't let the devil twist it. Don't let the devil distort it. Because mercy is one of our mighty weapons in this warfare for winning souls. Mercy is one of the powerful weapons. Amen. At our disposal for keeping our kids in church. For keeping our marriage together for keep oh Jesus oh, come on amen amen yes it takes a whole lot of money to build an extra wing but it also takes a whole lot of mercy to fill up the pew hallelujah yes it takes a whole lot of prayer to have revival services on Sunday morning Sunday night on Tuesday but it also takes a lot of mercy yes it takes a lot of practice to make the music sound good but it takes a lot of mercy for the love of God to be transmitted through it come on somebody I'm preaching to you right now hey I'm preaching to a backslider that you decided to come to church on a Tuesday night for whatever reason you came to the right service I want you to know we're going to have mercy on you God's going to have mercy on you You've oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I feel like there's some folk, you've been living under a dark cloud of condemnation. Guess what? God does not condemn you. This church does not condemn you. You have a God that loves you. You have a pastor that loves you. Amen. You got... I don't even know you and I love you. Hallelujah. You got a church that love you. You got to come on somebody. Somebody praise him. Praise him, praise him. There's a wonderful presence of the Lord here. Backsliders are going to pray through tonight. I know somebody said all our faithfuls are here. There's some faithfuls that are, that are stuck in the shadows doing some stuff they know they shouldn't do. God's going to have mercy. The church is going to have mercy. The word of God is going to be preached. With... Oh, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's pray. Oh, come on. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, I feel something awesome here right now. I'm not trying to drag this out. Hallelujah, but there's something really deep happening here right now. He Yes, 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 yes. It's okay to get excited about mercy. It's okay to defend. Oh, come on. I'll tell you what we're going to do tonight. We're going to serve notice on the devil. You're not going to enslave us to go back into vice, but what you're also not going to do is mess up our virtues. And mercy is a virtue. The ability to have mercy is a virtue. And I'm not going to let the devil get a hold of my virtues. I'm not going to let the devil distort and twist my virtues. I'm going to keep on believing until Jesus comes that anybody can get the Holy Ghost. I'm going to keep on believing until Jesus comes that anybody can and pray through. I'm going to keep on believing until Jesus comes that no matter how far you've gone, you can always come back. Come on, somebody help me preach. Somebody help me preach tonight. It's all right to get excited about God's mercy. It's okay to practice the mercy of God. It's... We can be doctrinal and merciful. We can be spiritual and merciful. We can, we, can, oh, we can be holy and merciful. We can be modest and merciful. We can be... Yes! Hallelujah. Oh, let's praise him. I, let's praise him. I want to hurry up and finish preaching. But there's something happening here right now. There's something getting into the fabric of... We will have mercy. 
And it won't be perverse mercy. And it won't be twisted mercy. And it won't be corrupted mercy. It's going to be godly mercy. It's going to be biblical mercy. It's going to be holy mercy. It's going to be... And I hope y'all don't stop preaching with me when I'm, with what I'm about to say next. We will be merciful with our own. We will have mercy with our kids. Enough. Enough. We got to guard ourselves against the mercies of Saul. Enough with this spirit that gets people to be kind to everybody else's kids and not their own. I'm not going to be nicer to my niece or my nephew than I am my own son and my own daughter. I'm not going to be merciful with somebody else's kid. I'm not going to be a Sunday school that's teacher that's tolerant with all the Sunday school kids only to come home and yell at mine. I'm going to be merciful with my kids and I'm going to be merciful with everybody else's kids and I'm not going to fall into the mercies of Saul. I'm going to love my kid into heaven. I'm going to love my daughter into heaven and if they mess up, mama's going to be the first one to pick them up and if they mess up, papa's going to be the first one to pick them up and if they need the Holy Ghost, I'm going to be right next to them praying and if they need to pray back through I'm going to be right there helping them pray back through. And my daughter and my son will know that when all else fails, I can go back to dad's house. I can go back to mom's house. I may have to repent. I may have to make some things right. But I can go back home. And my pastor loves me. And my youth group loves me. And my church loves me. And the Sunday school teacher loves me. Get excited. I know it's Tuesday, but you can get excited. I'm preaching to somebody right now in the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching to a mama, I'm preaching to a father that's frustrated with their bachelor children. I'm about to give you some good advice for free 99. Whatever you do, make sure that the last thing you ever say to them is kind, gentle, and merciful. Let me just tell you something. When the prodigal was ready to come home, the first thing he remembered was the last thing his dad ever said. Had Papa said, you good for nothing, traitor. You wish me dead. You're a disgrace to the family. You've shamed your mother's memory. You're shaming me. What's the pastor going to think? That boy never would have come home. But I just believe in all of my heart, amen, that that man told his son, I don't like what you're doing, but I love you. I don't like what you're doing, but I'm praying, son. I don't care for what you're doing, but I'll be right here. 
Come on, Motel 6 ain't the only one that should be leaving the lights on. Amen. It's time for the first Pentecostal church of Durham to leave the light on. To leave the... I'm preaching good right now. I'm preaching to your... Come on. I'm preaching against that spirit that got a hold of your son. I'm preaching against that spirit that's working both angles. It's keeping your son at the bar and it's making you mean to him so that he never come back. You need to shake that spirit off and tell yourself, I will not practice the mercies of Saul. I will practice the mercies of Jesus. I will not. Come on. Come on, we're running out of time. Come on. Praise him, praise him, praise him. There's something wonderful changing in the atmosphere. I let go of the disappointment. Jesus, bring my son back. Jesus, bring my daughter back. Jesus, bring my... I'm going to keep it 1,000 with you. The mercies of Saul are loose in Pentecost. Do you understand? People only live once. They die and then the judgment. We can't afford to just write people off. We don't have to follow them. We don't have to go down with them. We don't have to backslide with them or over them. But while we, while we stay planted here in the kingdom, we need to make sure, we need to make sure that they know that there is no, that we are not the obstacle, that we are not the barrier, that we are not the hindrance, that we are for them. Oh, let's magnify Jesus. God is touching hearts right now. Woo. Come on, praise him. I have a lot to preach, but I'm telling you. Come on, there's prayers leaving this building right now. God is hearing prayers right now. God is listening to people pray for their backslid children right now. God is listening to people pray for their son and their daughter that's lost in the world right now. God, we have God's attention right now. There's something... Come on, 
Pastor Hirsch and I remember there was a conference we were preaching together for Brother Rick Mayo. And there was a, we were preaching just like this. And in the congregation, Sister Wade Bass, Brother Wade Bass' wife, Sister Bass, had a brother that had been back for well over 20 years. He was dying of cancer. And in that service, we just kept nailing, God could save the backslider. God could... Just believe God for it. It's never too late. Sister Bass lifted up her hands in that service, said, God save my brother. They got a phone call just a little while after that. And they told Brother Bass, they said, your brother-in-law is going to die. You need to get over here fast. Sister Bass and Brother Bass got over to Florida. He walked into the hospital room where his brother-in-law was dying. Amen. Prayed him through to the Holy Ghost and baptized him in Jesus. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't get bitter. Don't get angry. Don't get sideways. Don't get crossed up. Amen. Don't, don't pick up the mercies of Saul. Be merciful. Be loving. Be kind. Hope believeth all things. Hope believeth all things. Hope believeth. I got a phone call a few years ago from a good friend of mine, retired minister. Well, he had suffered severe health situations. Pastor to church. And matured in age, but still a very young man. 
And in the process, his eldest son backslid, devastated him. Spent well over 20 years outside of the church. He called me. He said, Brother Prado, he said, I heard you're starting a church. I said, yes, sir. He said, my wife and I would like to join you. We're, we're resigning. We have no choice. Our health is just deteriorated to that point, but we want to help. And I said, well, come on down, brother. I prayed for him every day. I, if, if you go to my church, you're just going to get prayed for every day. You're going to get on the prayer list and you're getting prayed for. That's right. We pray for one another. That's what we do. And I texted him one day. I said, brother, I believe your son's going to come back to church. My phone rang right when I sent, after I sent the text out. He said, brother Prado, he said, you will not believe this. He said, my son is sitting in my living room right now. His wife just kicked him out of the house. I said, God's answer in prayer. But see, he could have practiced the mercies of Saul right there. He could have said, see, told you this would happen. Should have listened. Not going to lie, that was kind of, he might have done that had he not called me first. <laughs> he said, I believe it. I said, I'm believing it with you. I said, I know his life's falling apart, but I'm telling you, it's of God. Amen. Bible says, it's better, it's better that you fall on the rock than for the rock to fall on you. And I'm just, let me encourage somebody. Sometimes God got to break them. But I'd rather get broken to pieces than grind to powder. And if God break them, you need to be there when the breaking is happening. So that, I'm telling you, you really get to praying, there's going to there's gonna be a breaking that's going to come. There's going to be a, There's going to be a breaking. There's going to be a breaking on the finances. There's going to be a breaking on the marriage. There's going to be a breaking on the health. There's going to be a... I promise you, in just a matter of weeks, I still remember like it was yesterday. The, the, the son walking through the back door, and there was only about 20 of us, amen, but the son walking through the back door and sitting right there in the pew, and I just looked at his dad, and I said, I told you, amen, and before the service was over, the son had his hands in the air, speaking in tongues, crying, weeping. I'm telling you right now, we taught his son. He has a son. The son, the son had never stepped foot inside of church. 
And in just a few weeks, I had the sun and Bible study every week. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm preaching to somebody right now. You got you to gotta, you gotta pray until the breaking comes. And then when the breaking comes, you got to dodge the mercies of Saul. This is not part of tonight's sermon. I had a whole lot to say. I'm not going to get to say it. But I want you to listen to what I'm about to tell you good. The oldest Torah scroll ever found. had one text on it, Numbers 6. The Lord bless thee. The Lord keep thee. People don't realize what this text is really saying. Just those two verses. The Lord bless thee and the Lord keep thee. The literal translation would be the Lord bless you and now protect you. This is the only verse in all of the Bible that is commanded to be recited word for word without any change or fluctuation. The Lord spoke to Moses. It's called the Aaronic blessing. He said, you tell Aaron to invoke this blessing over my people. Word for word. I feel the Holy Ghost so strong. You listen to me, saint of God. More than anything, God said, I want these people to know I bless them. I bless them. I don't care what your opinion is of yourself. You need to understand what God's opinion is of you. I want to bless you. But, but I'm, not, I'm not a good person. I want to bless you. But I got a past. I want to bless you. But I handled some things wrong. I want to bless you. <laughs> I'll never forget. I was in Hebrew class. We took Hebrew. We had to learn this. My, my, my teacher was, was a Jewish lady. And she stopped the first, phrase, the first word, the Lord bless you. Baruch, Baruch means bless. But she stopped and she said, but you know, Baruch has a, has a related word. Berech, Berech means knee. Why are the word blessing and knee related? Because when God blesses you, he kneels down. That's why the text, as you keep reading it, it starts talking about... He, Cause his face to shine up. He lift you up. He's going to bend down and he's going to pick you up. He's going to bend his knee. He's going to bend his knee and he's going to pick you up. And this is, I'm telling you, the act of God blessing you, the desire of God to bless you demands his protection. God said, you pray, I bless them. But don't you, 
right away, pray I protect it. You get the blessing of God on you, every devil in hell coming out. Why do you think Jesus even finishes his prayer with saying, with, with saying, and keep us from temptation? Pray after this manner. And then he says, when you're done praying, you better pray God protect you. Because you, once that blessing gets on you, the target on your back just gets a little bigger. Because on your own, you ain't all that. On your own, devil don't really want you. On your own, he just wants to kick you. He just wants to destroy you and your family. But you get that blessing on you. And all of a sudden, he starts coming after you. He, even a lot of people, I never read the book. I don't care for cheesy, whatever. Anyways, even Jabez, he prayed, God bless me, expand my time. He prays all these things and he says, now keep me from evil. have to do with backslid kids I hope that in this service and I hope when you go home you lift up that boy that girl's name I don't care if they're 40 or 4 These little, these little ones in church, these teenagers in church, I don't care what condition you perceive them as being, you lay your hands on them and you pray the Lord bless you. And the Lord keep you. But I hope I can encourage a mother and a father to go home tonight and to call out John John's name and JoJo's name and Lisa's name and Willie's name and Bob's name and Tiffany's name and say, Lord, you know how I feel about them right now. You know I want to take an iron skillet to their dome, but I'm asking you to bless them and to keep them. Bless them and 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 keep them. Don't. I know he's on the bar stool, but I'm asking you to bless him. I wish I could get some, I wish I can get some young people who got a backslid brother and a backslid sister and some backslid cousins. I wish I could get some people that pick kids up on the bus to pray right now. God bless them and keep them. God bless them. If you pray and keep praying. Pastor Urshan, in the book of Numbers, the children of Israel were in a hot mess. They were fornicating. They were at the bar. They were playing church. And an evil king rose up and said, I'm going to go get me a witch to curse them. They were down in the camp playing games. Down in the camp, backslid. Down in the camp, fooling around and that that witch that warlock got up on the mountain 
and Balaam, and he said, I'm going to unleash a curse. And he opened up his mouth and he said, I bless them. He said, I'm sorry. I can only speak the word of the Lord. Some of y'all giving alcoholism too much credit. You giving crack too much credit. You giving fornication too much credit. You giving a new house, new car, new education just too much credit. You giving a hurt spirit too much credit. I'm just one of those people that believes no matter where that person is at. God. God. I said God. I said God. I said God wants to bless them. He wants to bless them with a good praying through. He wants to bless them with a good breaking. He wants to bless them with a... He wants to bless them with the Holy Ghost. He wants to bless them with repentance. He wants to bless... All musicians come. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sir, God's going to touch you. God's got a blessing for you, sir. Can somebody pray with this gentleman in the green shirt? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our hands and pray. If you got a backslid son, daughter, brother, sister, pray right now. We've entered a spiritual arena. If it's been months, weeks, years since you've spoken in tongues, come on up here. Start praying. You're going to renew the Holy Ghost right now. If you've been struggling with sin, get your hands in the air and start praying. God don't hate you. God's not against you. He don't want to kick you out to church. He want to pray you through.